This week in Baby Quest. Actually, first, uh, a disclaimer, content warning disclaimer. So, in this episode, we will be discussing surgery and the conversation of blood. So, if those things make you squeamish, maybe this isn't the episode for you. It's actually, it's not that bad. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> funny and good. It's funny. Now. Now. In the moment, it wasn't funny. But it's, anyway, that's all. This is a medical episode. <laughs> episode two hello welcome to episode two and we are going to talk about my surgery so in may of 2018 it was decided that the doctors would remove the septum or wall in my uterus and vaginal canal this is part two of three or four but the important thing is that we're picking up where the first episode left off so you have to make sure you've listened to that one first. Yeah. Because we're just getting right into it here. Yeah. No recap. No listener mail right now. So yeah, May 2018, we are doing the surgery. And... What was going on again? There was a wall. There's a wall in my uterus. Yeah. And the doctors informed me that if we did not remove the wall, my chances of carrying a pregnancy to term were very low. So Leah is already a pretty small person and so giving a baby inside of her with like all of the space is already kind of a a little tight tight squeeze in there but if you're to only give a baby half the amount of uterus that they would normally have that would be an issue probably yeah yeah for her so for everybody we've seen some pictures where People have the same kind of thing, and the baby's just totally on one side, right? Yeah, and it, like, And they have, like, fine. a pregnant belly on the left, basically, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we go to the hospital on surgery day. I say goodbye to Mike. Forever. Uh, <laughs> no, we go, I go in, we uh, discuss what type of, you know, anesthesia is going to be used, and... The anesthesiologist was trying to convince me to just have an epidural and they would make me kind of sleepy, but I would still be awake during the surgery. And I hard knowed that because I had two surgeons. Each surgeon had a resident helping them. Each surgeon also had their own OR nurse. And then there was a nurse for me and the anesthesiologist. So... That was a lot of people that I was like, no, I don't need to be aware that that many people can see me naked from the waist down and are looking up my vagina. Like, it's just too much. So I went under general, and I think that was the correct choice for me. And the surgery went really well. They So they removed the septum in my uterus and in my vaginal canal, but they have to leave a little piece of it kind of on either side of my cervix. Just because if they get too close to the cervix, it can cause a lot of problems. Wait, maybe some people are listening to this only because they love me and my great hilarious <laughs> tweets and they aren't like a big part of the 
trying to conceive communities. So okay. For, so what do I need to explain? I was just going to quickly explain the cervix because maybe there are people that don't know. Oh, okay, yeah. Cervix is like the door. <laughs> it's like a door. Uh, you go, you start, starting from the bottom, you got a vagina. And then you go up, and between the vagina and the uterus, there's a door called the cervix. And the cervix, like, opens and closes. It's like a, it's like a, a circular... Yeah, muscle. It's like a Cheerio lifesaver, but bigger. <laughs> It's like a big lifesaver. Okay. And you know how lifesavers get bigger and smaller and open and close? It's like that. Yeah, mm, maybe. Okay. So during uh, a person who ovulates and has a menstrual cycle, over the course of their cycle, the cervix will change. So closer, like when ovulation is about to happen, the cervix gets softer and opens in order to allow sperm to enter and then when it's not close to ovulation it's like firmer and closed it also changes when you're pregnant so gets plugged up yeah yes i mean people might have heard of the term mucus plug and that is literally to plug the hole between the uterus and the vaginal canal so that nothing can get in and cause an infection or harm to the baby so, in the uterus. You could say it's a door. Really? I mean, <laughs> I guess. Anyways. But anyway, the point is, normally it's just like a circle, like a hole that can open and close. But guess what? Now tell them about yours. Oh, so because my septum went from the top of my vagina, uh, the top of my uterus, all the way through my uter- uterus, through my cervix, and through my vaginal canal. And they couldn't remove the part within my cervix without causing a lot of damage. My cervix is divided in half. Cool. Which means that I can't give birth vaginally because it won't dilate or open up as it normally would in a person who is about to give birth. Baby would just get like one foot coming out <laughs> each side. And yeah, that'd be and a just problem. like stuck. So, and I've had doctors look at my cervix and say like wow that's the most interesting cervix I've ever seen which I chose to take as a compliment and not a weird medical thing yeah it's unique (laughs) it's great anyway so but that means that for any pregnancies you need to have a c-section yes yes gotta find a different exit exit strategy yeah so the surgery went really well I woke up from surgery and I was doing well. Mike got to come in and see me. I did throw up. um, Oh, yeah. But that was because of the pain medication, not because of anything else. That was fine. Content warning for Leah throwing up a minute ago. That was bad. (laughs) I mean, I don't remember it being particularly bad. I do remember saying, Mike, I'm going to throw up. You need to get me something. And he did. It was bad. We can't... No talking about throwing up on podcasts. All right. I don't like it when podcasts do that. Uh, and then... Moving on. We got to go got to go home, and I did pretty well. I was a little, like, sore and sensitive for a few days afterwards, but I was doing okay. Uh, I had minimal bleeding afterwards, which was great. Everything was pretty fine. And then a week... So everything was fine. 
the end. <laughs> See you next week. No. What's our next episode going to be about? Then things took a dramatic turn. So a week after my surgery, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night. It was like three o'clock in the morning. And for any of you who experience having a period, you will probably know the feeling I am about to talk about. So I woke up and I was lying in bed and I was like, oh no, I am very wet. My pad is very full and I need to change it. So I like very carefully got out of bed, got to the bathroom, turned on the light. And when I looked down, I had blood running down my legs. I was like, that's weird. Normal periods. No, and not something that I had ever experienced ever having my period before. So I get like all cleaned up. I have to like clean the floor. Okay. And in the time it took me to like, you know, clean myself slash clean the bathroom was like 10 minutes. And in that time, I had filled a pad. And normally, that's not the case. (laughs) And normally, and they also say, if you fill, the doctors tell you, if you fill a pad within an hour or in less than an hour, you need to go to the hospital. Something is wrong. And I was like, well, that was 10 minutes, so something must be very wrong. So I woke Mike up and I said, we need to go to the hospital now. So we went to the hospital. I sat on a towel in the car. Mm-hmm. the whole way there uh thank I you get to emerge and i have to explain to the triage nurse what's happening and it was a male nurse which i wasn't uncomfortable with but i feel like he might not have understood the severity of the situation but it's fine so the first part of the emergency room is called urgent care and so i got brought into urgent care and, you know, I'm waiting to see a doctor and a nurse comes in and I explain to the nurse again what's happening and now I'm waiting to see a doctor. And in the time that I was waiting to see a doctor, I bled through my underwear and pants twice. Mm-hmm. So I was basically sitting on an exam table, naked from the waist down, sitting on a pad. And every 10 minutes, I would get Mike to open up a new pad for me, and I would pull the full one out from under me and put a new one on. These are like the hospital grade Yeah, ones they're like too. super thick maxi pads. They are not like what most people who have periods would wear like on a day-to-day basis. It's like three or four kitchen sponges <laughs> put together. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So the emergency room doctor comes in to see me and he does an ultrasound, just like an abdominal ultrasound. And he doesn't seem very concerned about what's happening. And it's like questioning why I was awake at three o'clock in the morning. And I mean, I think I might've been a little sassy with him about like, how have you ever woken up in a pool of your own blood? But yeah, so I then had to move from that initial exam room to another room because the nurses told me that the gynecologist was going to come down and they would want to do an exam on me, like an internal exam to see what was going on. So I needed to be in a different room on a different bed. Okay, that's fine. So they get me over into that room and I sit on the table and I'm trying to get comfortable on the bed. And so I'm like trying to squish myself back so I can lean up against the wall. And as I do that, two, like, I don't know, what would you say? Like, chicken breast size? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, basically looked like two chicken breasts. Uh, Blood clots came out of me. 
Yeah. And I looked down at that and was like, huh, that's weird. And I looked at Mike and he was like, um, I think a nurse needs to see this. There was already a good amount of like bleeding onto the table and floor and dripping places. But then, yeah, that was pretty severe. <laughs> so Mike went and got a nurse and the nurse walked in and looked at the blood clots and looks at me and goes, you can't be here anymore. That's too much blood. Too much blood for emergent care. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay. So then the nurses amongst themselves are discussing how they're going to get me over to the next level in the emergency room, which is emergent care. So that's the area where you're like in oh, a- wait. Which what? one? Was, I just said emergent care. Oh, urgent care. We were care. in urgent care we were, first. We were in urgent care and then we moved to emergency oh, care. Diff urgent care, then different urgent care, then emergent care. Yeah. Right. So then we go to the next phase. And so in that room, you're like in a bed, you're hooked up to like, you know, like machines. Like I was hooked up to like a heart rate monitor and they were monitoring my oxygen levels and I got an IV and like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It was like a little more medical intervention. So they, you know, they start an IV and they said like, okay, we're going to give you this medication to help control the blood loss and we're gonna you know monitor your oxygen levels and your heart rate and just make sure everything's okay all right fine so I get in there and I get into a bed and the nurse says like okay I want to clean you up a little bit because you have blood everywhere and I was like oh yeah covered in blood that's fine and so she asked if I you know I was lying on my back but she asked if I could lift my hips up so that she could clean me and yes obviously you know I as a 30 year old woman that's like not a hard thing to lie on your back and like just support all your weight on your shoulders basically and like lift up your hips mm -hmm. so I did that and she was cleaning me and everything was fine and then I shot a blood clot out of my vagina at her mm -hmm. like a baseball sized one this time uh and I got her like right in the like wrist and forearm yeah <laughs> And I was there, and she kind of turned to me and just like, did you see that? I was like, yeah, I saw that. Of course I saw that. Uh, so apparently that had never happened to her before. and Getting blasted with a giant blood clot? Probably not. And she was very chill about it. She, I think, thought it was just like kind of a funny thing that happened. Yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah. But, you know. So got all cleaned up, was good to go, was basically just lying in bed and every time I would feel like I was really wet they would come in and change me now I was no longer wearing a pad at this point I was wearing a hospital diaper oh, yeah. with maxi pads inside of it uh so that was you know something that I've never experienced before so but now we like to experience it all the time <laughs> at home right no in private, I mean. No. So then uh, the shift change happened. So I got a new nurse. And that nurse said like, okay, well, we need to check your vitals. So your heart rate and your blood pressure. But we like to do it in instances where, you know, we're having a lot of blood loss. We do it at three different levels. So we do it when you're lying down. We do it when you're sitting up. And then we do it when you're standing. And that's just to make sure that, you know, everything's okay and your body is managing the trauma that is happening, basically. And I was like, okay, so did it lying down, did it sitting up, 
everything seemed fine. And then the nurse got me to stand and she's kind of holding me under one armpit and is running my blood pressure. And she asked me several times, Leah, do you feel okay? Uh, I said, yes. And she, she said, you know, are you lightheaded? Do you feel dizzy? And I said, not really, like maybe a little bit. And she was like, okay. So she scooched me back to the bed so that my bum was resting on the bed. And that's the last thing I remember. So apparently I fainted. Yeah, so I was there watching this and she just kind of like flopped back onto the bed. But you are you were standing next to the bed and then you're gone. And so you're the nurse kind of has you, but you're only sort of half on the bed. <laughs> And I'm standing there like, oh, that doesn't seem great. And then the nurse, this nurse now looks at me and she's like, uh, can you, you know, maybe help out a little bit over here? And I was like, I don't know. I'm like, is this a medical procedure? Like, she's like, no, just get her legs up on the bed. Can you just help me like put her onto the bed so she doesn't like fall onto the floor? I was like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, so that was... The first time you passed out. And and the nurse said afterwards that she knew I was going to pass out. She could tell it was going to happen by looking at my heart rate and my blood pressure. She, she was ready for it to happen, which is why she was asking me how I was feeling. I had just never in my life before that moment passed out. So I didn't know what it was like what I was feeling. Yeah. So I passed out for the first time. Mm -hmm. And that kind of confirmed to the nurses and the doctors that I had lost quite a lot of blood. I mean, I could have told them that. I know, but... <laughs> I mean, it was all over all the rooms you'd been in already. <laughs> uh, and so, and then I had, uh, I had an internal exam by the gynecologist, but I was bleeding so much at that point that they couldn't see anything. They couldn't tell where the bleeding was coming from. They couldn't see my cervix. They couldn't see anything because there was just so much blood. And so she said, we have to wait for the bleeding to slow down to be able to see what's happening. So it was kind of at that point just going to be like, okay, well, just like, let's wait and see what happens. Like, you know, she's, I was getting medication to stop the bleeding. And so it was just kind of going to be a wait and see sort of moment. They didn't want to have to take me into surgery. They were hoping to be able to stop this with just medication. Mm -hmm. And so I was just, you know, lying in bed. I had texted a few people. I was talking to a few people. Everything kind of seemed fine. It was now like early in the morning. Well, a shift change happened. So it was after 7.30 yeah. in the morning sometime. Yeah. And so... While in emergency care, I was freezing. Like they could not get enough blankets on me to keep me warm. I had like three or four blankets on me and I was still cold. And it felt like there was like an air conditioner unit above my head being blasted straight down onto me. I was so cold. And then all of a sudden I told Mike, you need to get the blankets off of me. I'm really hot. And it happened like one minute I was super cold and the next minute I was like, get it all off. I'm so hot. So Mike did that, but was like, mm, something's weird. And so he opened, I remember him opening up the curtain and looking at like the nurse's station and being like, mm, something's wrong. You need to come check her. And then I think I passed out again. I think that's when I passed out the second time. Yeah. So passing out while lying down is not usually a great thing to do. Because that's, you're supposed to have, you know, 
enough blood going to your brain while lying down. Yeah. Like, blood shouldn't be, a- be able to pool anywhere and your heart shouldn't be able to not move it around basically um so that was concerning yeah and the only thing that i kind of knew something was wrong then was a i felt hot and b i thought i was gonna throw up and then the next thing i remember is i was in a new room again Mm. and this is called the recess room so the resuscitation room yeah so this is the cool room that you see on tv so it's got like (laughs) One big glass wall so everyone and sliding doors so everyone can like look in and see what's going on. It's got one table in the middle, a lot of lights and a lot of space around it with like every piece of equipment in the entire hospital. This is like the one that you see on TV and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so this is a very exciting room to be in. Yes. So I woke up in that room surrounded by, I don't know how many nurses, five maybe, and... I could see my mom standing in the doorway. So at and she finally decided <laughs> to show up. So at that moment, uh, I had like, yeah, like five nurses trying to get me cleaned up, get IVs in me, get me hooked up to new machines, new monitors. And I remember looking over and there was one nurse who was simply writing everything down. Like that was her job was to chart everything that was happening to me, mm-hmm. which I was like, that's a lot and seems not normal yeah so i was in that room for a while again things kind of seemed to be going like okay they started everything fine they started talking about you know maybe you might need a blood transfusion leah here can you sign this paperwork that says you accept having a blood transfusion if we get to that point oh yeah okay sure yep you can give me blood yeah but everything kind of seemed okay I remember like cracking jokes. I was talking to the nurses. I was talking to my sister on the phone. Everything kind of seemed okay. Mm-hmm. And then I remember looking at Mike and being like, I think you need to call the nurse. I don't feel good. And Mike said, yeah, I already did. <laughs> and I said, right. okay. And the nurse came in and said, Leah, how are you feeling? And I said, I don't know. I feel a little weird. And then... It kind of goes fuzzy again for me. So this is where, I mean, you passed out again lying down, which is bad. But this was when you became the same color as the white sheets. Like, I've never seen a living human person look that color before. Was I still talking to you at that point when, like, my color changed? Mm, I think you were getting a little pale, and maybe that's why I was concerned, but... Mm. When you were passed out, it was like white, 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 white. Mm. Like, it was so weird looking. Yeah, and then, they, I mean, you came out of it. You woke up again. But then there were, what, eight folks in the room? I remember waking up and there was my nurse on one side and the resident doctor on the other side of me. And the resident doctor was basically leaning over my body watching my monitors. And I remember looking at her and she looked concerned. The look on her face was concerned. And she was talking to the nurse about, I think we need to call the crash team. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. This is a big deal right now. Yeah. This is also when they started giving you blood, right? Yes. That's yes. So the next cool thing that happened. So normally, I don't know if you've ever received blood before, but they hook up a bag and it 
drips into you it takes about two what two hours, two hours for yeah. a, a unit of blood to enter your body and that's how they you know you need some blood here you go they hook it up two hours see how you're doing for leah though this was two nurses each with a unit of blood hooked up uh, on the thingy and they put these like pumps around them it's kind of like a blood pressure cuff um like so an inflatable pump where they're squeezing a little handle and it's blowing the thing up around the bag of blood and they are pumping two units of blood into her as fast as possible like squeezing the bags into her and so you got those first two units you got in like what 10 minutes or something yeah i think so i could hear the nurses laughing and it's, they were racing each it other it sounded yeah the way they were talking to each other sounded like they were racing each other yeah. of who could get their bag of blood into me faster yeah. Uh, oh, how many IV ports did you have at this point? Three. So I had one in each, like, elbow area, and then I had one on the back of my hand. Right. And then I also remember looking at the door, and there was a group of doctors all standing there just watching me. And I realized after that was the crash team just waiting to see if they were going to be needed. Mm -hmm. And the crash team is the team that comes to resuscitate you mm -hmm. when things go real bad. Yeah. So after I got the blood, things got better. Yeah. The, I the medication started kicking working. in. Working. Yeah. I got the blood. Made me feel a little bit better. I had the head of the ICU come down. And talked to me. They at one point thought I was going to have to go spend the night in the ICU. Didn't end up happening. That was okay. Mm -hmm. I did have to spend the night in the hospital. I spent the night on like the OBGYN ward. So like... Yeah. Well, before we get to that, I mean, things... So after you got all the blood and the medication started kicking in, things were looking good. Like you were on the path to recovery. Like yeah. they... People didn't have concerned faces anymore. Your vitals were all looking okay. I went to go get lunch. Mm -hmm. uh, went to the old Tim Hortons at the hospital. Got my lunch, and then I came back to eat it in the the recess room with you there. And I'd left my hoodie when I went to go get lunch. And I picked my hoodie up off the chair, and it was, like, all wet. And I was like, ah, oh, what? Like, did Leah's mom, like, spill her water bottle on my hoodie or something? Like, why is it soaked? And I kind of, like, I pick it up, and I'm looking at it. And it's like, oh, no, this is my sweat. This hoodie is just soaked in my own sweat. That's why it's, like, soaking wet. So I was having a good time, clearly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But anyway, then we got to spend the night. Yeah, and I got two more units of blood. Yeah. So to save anyone out there from doing the math, four units of blood is more than half of Leah's blood volume. Yep. Uh, so we like to say that, you know, I just did like a systems flush, basically, you know. It was good. Just a little blood cleanse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So spent the night in the hospital. Things were looking pretty good. Bleeding was under control. I was given the same medication that I was getting through my IV, which is a type of medication that they normally give like car crash victims to stop their bleeding, uh, was what I was getting. So I was given that same medication in pill form to take orally when I left the hospital. And I was also put on birth control when I left because the doctors were trying to figure out why the bleeding was happening and they couldn't really figure it out. 
one of the ideas was, did I get my period the week after surgery? And my body just kind of panicked in terms of it was recovering from surgery and then it got my, and then I got my period and it kind of just didn't know what to do and freaked out a little bit. That was one theory. Another theory was that the bleeding was coming from within my uterus, but they couldn't see it, so they don't know. The other theory was the bleeding was coming from my cervix, but they don't know. And the fourth theory is that during surgery, the blood vessels in my cervix weakened. And so it's kind of like having spontaneous nosebleeds, that the blood vessels are weak, and so any sort of like aggravation to them just causes them to bleed profusely so they don't really know why it happened yeah has it ever happened again no no thankfully but my periods are now very intense gross too much information i don't think it is but okay yeah so went home and things were pretty good had to take some high doses of iron supplements to Get my iron levels back up. Mm, yeah, there's a lot of iron. <laughs> but other than that, I was pretty good. Yeah. You're making it sound like there's something else bad about to happen. But no. no, we were that was good. It was good. Yeah. We recovered. Yeah. Got all new blood. Mm-hmm. You got many IV ports in you. Yeah. And I was I mean, I was off work for five weeks. Right. But other than that, I was fine. Yeah. And they never figured out what was what exactly caused no. the bleeding, so that's great. But besides everything we just talked about, the surgery was a big success and everything worked and you've got a cool cervix now and only one uterus and vaginal canal. So that's the correct normal amount. So things were looking good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the end of episode two. So what happened? So next episode is going to be getting back to trying to conceive and getting pregnant, right? Yes. Okay. So stay tuned for that one, everybody. Anything? Is there anything you want to plug? I don't think so. People should go on your Instagram or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, check out my Instagram, love for buzz. It's a little bit of a spoiler of where the journey is at. (laughs) Check out the Instagram after episode like three or maybe four. Probably, I don't know. I don't know what well, the next one's going to cover. <laughs> and yeah, what did I do? Did I say Twitter last time? Maybe. I don't know. I You can, what's my, my Instagram is private, but yeah, I don't know if you should try to follow it. Well, I'll figure this out. We'll figure it out better we'll probably, for next time. probably, you know, at some point make a... Oh yeah, there's no, we still don't have like a, a podcast email address for listener comments <laughs> and stuff. No. We'll probably make a podcast. Just Instagram. okay. Tweet your comments and questions to the Mike Wheeler on Twitter. <laughs> at the Mike Wheeler. On Twitter.com. Twitter just go to twitter.com slash the Mike Wheeler and you'll find it there. Uh yeah. Anything else? No, that's it. Okay, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.